When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it, Allen. Tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. It's time for midweek news and notes. And so for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets, Mr. Nick Faria. Nick, what's up, brother? Welcome back to the show, sir. Yeah, happy to be back. A lot of talk about. Obviously, not not always some good stuff when it comes to the Jets, but certainly, uh, certainly a lot to discuss at this point. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to his comments on the Pat McAfee show in a little bit. But I want to begin with the fact that he has been activated to the 53-man roster. Nick Bowden was released. Now, as has been pointed out, Nick Bowden has a knee injury. He didn't practice today. And if he clears waivers, he'll probably get re-added to the practice squad. I saw people making smart-ass comments on Twitter. And I'm sure it's going to be all over TV and the radio. Imagine being somebody that has their roster spot taken away to placate Aaron Rodgers' ego. But Nick, the people that are on the outside of this either aren't looking at this rationally or they don't know because Rogers being at practice is the reason that he was activated because he couldn't practice with the team if he wasn't activated. And the fact that he's practicing with the team has much more value than say a bubble roster player, or in this case, especially Nick Bowden, who's not going to be able to play anyway and has the knee injury. So for people to make these smart-ass comments, it's just silly. And I think what this really boils down to is Aaron Rodgers is a polarizing figure. Some people love him. Some people hate him. But anybody that knows anything about this situation knows exactly why Rodgers was activated. It wasn't to placate his ego. It was so he can practice. It was so he can be around his teammates. It was so he can continue to build some chemistry that you would hope would carry over into 2024 with some of the key players on the team, particularly guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Anybody that doesn't understand this doesn't get it or they're intentionally obtuse, let's be honest. Well, yeah, and and, and I think you put it perfectly there, but the other piece I'm going to bring up is, okay, Nick Bowden's a great guy. Um, when I spoke to him this year, he was really nice, really kind, good locker room presence. He's a fullback. Are, are we really, <laughs> really going to talk about a fullback? In this instance where fullbacks need to have their roster spot over a franchise quarterback, that never should be the case, ever. Um, So, yeah, I I completely agree. There's absolutely nothing here that people want to talk about. The one thing that I'll say is when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, 
you want him working out with this team. He just came to the team, what is it, eight months ago. It's very important for him to get this chemistry down and also to be the locker room leader. Things are not going all right for the Jets. It's, it really has been a difficult stretch. They're five and nine. And if the locker room fractures, that's pretty much it for the coaching staff. And it's going to be very difficult to recover. I wouldn't be surprised if they were to make a change if the coaching staff is unable to control this locker room. But having Rodgers back there to stabilize things, to sort of just calm everyone down. You saw it on the Pat McAfee show. He has a brilliant superpower to just get everyone to relax, everyone to look forward, look at the positive. And I think that's a fundamental reason why he's going to be so important in these next three weeks to be around the team and say, listen, it's going to be bad right now. But if you guys just stay together, if we stay together, we can use this as the foundation for 2024 to build a true contender. And they absolutely can. They're going to have a lot of cap space in the offseason. They have the draft picks necessary to make some make some uh, interesting moves, whether they draft a, a blue chip player or trade back in the draft. Um, but there's going to be pieces here available for the Jets to really improve this offense. And their defense is going to be still very good regardless. So there's a lot to like about the Jets in 2024. And just getting these guys, getting that mindset to that point is why Rodgers is here in the first place. And that has absolutely infinite more value than, as we said, the 53rd man on a roster, especially all due respect to him, because as you said, nice guy, Nick Bodden, who is nursing a knee injury as it is. I'm sure they'll bring him back on the practice squad if he clears waivers. If not, it isn't a big deal. Let's continue with Aaron Rodgers, though. We mentioned his appearance on the Pat McAfee show. This is where he confirmed he was not going to play this season. We all pretty much knew this. I never thought he was going to play, but I certainly thought it was out of the question once the Jets lost that game to Miami this past Sunday. He said they would have had a conversation if the Jets had won Sunday, but the elimination coupled with him not being 100% healthy has led him to this. And this was another one where I think a lot of people were playing dumb because everybody knew that Aaron Rodgers was not going to be 100% healthy. Aaron Rodgers never said he would be 100% healthy. We've talked a million times about what that procedure does and exactly what the story is. But I'll recap it very quickly. The Arthrex Speed Bridge is an internal splint. It's an internal cast. And what it does is it supports the tendon and holds it in place while it's healing. So if Rodgers were to have played on it, even if he wasn't necessarily feeling all that much pain, it would have been at more risk of being re-injured than if he were to let it fully heal, which wouldn't occur until around the summertime. However, he might have felt good enough and the doctors might have felt that he was close enough to 100% for him to play and be medically cleared. This happens all the time, Nick. You know this. This is why guys get listed as questionable or probable or they play with injuries all the time. It's not a matter of whether or not he'd be 100%. Nobody ever thought he would be 100%. It's a matter of whether he was healthy enough to be able to be cleared to play. Two very different things. So people that are saying that Rodgers conned everybody by saying that he would be 100%, he never once said he was going to be 100%. Never. 
healthy enough to play 100% two very different things he also called this a lost year for the Jets said he always wanted to play two years thus 2024 won't be his last year hinted that he would like to play as many as three years but Nick of course the caveat here is whether or not his body can hold up for that amount of time we will see let's hope he can at least stay healthy in 2024 and then we can worry about 2025 or 2026 and the other big takeaway because there were three big takeaways here Nick he gave a very strong endorsement of Joe Douglas, Robert Sella, and Nathaniel Hackett painted a very positive picture of the future of the organization. And we all know that what Aaron Rodgers says pretty much goes. So if Aaron Rodgers is being genuine in his comments here, and I think he probably was, unless he turns on Robert Sella or Joe Douglas, because he's definitely not turning on his best friend, Nathaniel Hackett, unless he turns on Sala or Douglas sometime in the next couple of weeks, I would fully expect both of those guys to be back here in 2024 because the Jets are not going to make any major moves like that that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be comfortable with. So, Nick, the first part of this is the not being 100% and not being healthy enough to play. Two very different things, but Rodgers confirming he's not going to play, although it would have been a conversation if the Jets had beaten Miami. Second part of this is he wants to continue to play for at least two more years, ideally. And the third part of this is that he seems to very much be on board with bringing back Douglas Sala and Hackett. Yeah, you know, uh, and I will say, going back to, we'll start with that that final point here with Sala and Hackett. Um, but quite frankly, I have heard a lot of different people defend coaching staffs. That was as strong of an endorsement as you will ever hear from a starting quarterback or a leader in a locker room. And it leads me to believe that absolutely nothing is going to be changing outside of maybe some structural questions about the play calling on offense, then maybe some changes in positions, uh, maybe a change at the offensive line, maybe a change in strength and conditioning. Um, all that I think will be on the table. It's just a matter of the main pieces are going to be there. Uh, and and Rodgers even said, you know, as, as part of that discussion, the offense was tailor-made to his skill set. And a lot of the problems I think the Jets had sometimes this year was when the offensive line was missing blocks, some of that could be attributed to the, to the lack of experience Zach Wilson has had in terms of scheming up protections at the line of scrimmage. You know, if he calls something that doesn't end up being correct, he's going to end up getting blown up in the pocket. And you saw that happen a couple times this year um, where it was just a miscommunication overall and just the floodgates opened up. That changes with Rodgers because Rodgers has seen it all. He's 40 years old. He's played in the NFL now for over for close to two decades. Those kind of things are going to happen. So that lack of communication that was there because Rodgers didn't play really he made that the key point of why this offense has struggled. Now, whether we agree with him or not is irrelevant. He's a, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's a four-time NFL MVP. And quite frankly, a fan base that is angry is not going to carry more weight than a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm sorry for the people that are going to be frustrated with that. But in my, in my mind, from an objective standpoint, every team on the face of the planet will look at Aaron Rodgers' credentials, look at his skill set, and he'll be the same thing they did with Tom Brady, the same thing that the Rams did with Matthew Stafford, the same thing the Broncos did with Peyton Manning. You will curtail your roster to the opinion and the preference of your franchise quarterback. This is not some outlandish thing. This is what every major franchise should do. And I will say a well-run franchise because the Packers for the last two years of Aaron Rodgers' tenure did not do that. And that's essentially what made him leave 
And yes, the Packers look good right now. They're starting to rebuild and they're going through that process, but there's no guarantee they're going to get back to what Aaron Rodgers was uh, when he was at the height of his powers. So let's be quite frank on that. The other parts, of course, is when you look at him and his overall recovery, yes, if they had beaten the Dolphins, I think the expectation was he was going to play against Washington. I think you can really look back and you can look throughout the season. Losses that should have been wins that could have changed this entire conversation. The Oakland game, uh, the, the Patriots game, those kind of games where the team didn't really score enough points. You know, Atlanta, for example, um, that they could be hovering around 500 and Rodgers would have been able to return. But ultimately that didn't happen. And, and now they have to move and adjust to that. And I think they will. And, you know, again, I, I mentioned this before, but Rodgers, that entire interview with McAfee, I thought was brilliant because at the end of it, even most Jet fans were like, well, wait a minute. He's right. There, it's, this isn't the end of the world. There are pieces here that are going to be highly successful. And there are a lot of good players on this team that we can build off of. And it's not just on the defense. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Tipman, AVT. A lot of these guys are going to be back. Most of these guys are still going to be under contract. Even with contract restructurings, they're going to still be here. So there's a lot to like about this Jets team going into 2024. There's going to be some retooling, as Rodgers also said. Uh, they're going to need to have a second wide receiver signed or drafted. There's going to need to be a, a whole investment in the offensive line and free agency in the draft. Uh, but but the outlook of this team not being prepared or not being ready to get to the playoffs next year, I think is grossly ignoring the talent that is already on the roster. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Nick, speaking of what Aaron Rodgers endorsed and who he endorsed, one of those guys, of course, was Robert Sala, the head coach. He spoke a couple of times this week. What did he have to say of note? Yeah, I think the one thing is, and, and it, you know, leave it to Sala to get everyone excited again, but he kind of poured down the idea that Rodgers is only going to play for another two years because uh, he's the one that was saying, listen, I think he could play three or four years. He's going to play until the body runs you know, runs out and hopefully we're still coaching. He's still a jet by that time. And I completely understand it. The, the Patriots, not the Patriots, the, the Bucks did it with Tom Brady. The Broncos did it with Peyton Manning. I completely understand that thought process from that perspective. Uh, you, you run with the franchise quarterback that you have, that you sold your vision on. And that's why I believe that Robert Sala isn't going anywhere. He, he has been the consummate professionally uh, buttoned up head coach through the media. And I know a lot of people, get angry and are frustrated at the CEO type of answers, not really answering questions and sort of deflecting the tougher ones. But ultimately, that's exactly what you want from a head coach of a team that's struggling. You don't want a guy pointing fingers at the roster construction or pointing fingers at the players. He's saying, yeah, this is on us. We're not playing well enough. We have to improve. The system we have needs to improve, and we are going to improve it, and we're looking into it over the next few years. And all of that's going to be taken into account. But it's just a matter of being patient. And I know a lot of and, and Jet fans don't like to hear the word patience because they've been patient now for 13 years. But the one thing that I will always point to is this. There was patience in 2015 when they were, what was it, 10 and 6, and they felt that they were turning a corner with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. They, that didn't work out. And then you sort of had to rebuild the roster with Sam Darnold, and then you had to reshuffle it again with Zach Wilson. But the roster now is probably the most talented that they have had since the Rex Ryan era. The talent on this team at every level 
has a positional player that can compete with the top of his class, the top of his position. Sauce Gardner, Quincy Williams, Quinn and Williams, Jermaine Johnson, Garrett Wilson, uh, Brees Hall, AVT, Joe Tipman. All these guys may not be all pros, but in a year or so, they can really develop into quality assets that become among the best of their position. And I think that's something that gets lost in these conversations because everyone wants Robert Sala to sit here and complain and, and be fiery in press conferences. But that's not what a good head coach does. A good head coach takes the blame, takes the, oh, the coaching staff is, 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 isn't being held accountable and all that other stuff, and it's deflecting away from the locker room. It's deflecting away from the players. That's his role. He's still fiery. He's still passionate. And he still has the respect of this locker room. Sauce Gardner said it. Uh, Quincy, excuse me, not Quincy. C.J. Mosley said it. Quinnen Williams said it. Garrett Wilson has said it. All these guys, all these leaders are coming to the defense of this coaching staff. That's not a sign of a guy that's not being fiery or having his message ignored. What it is is the team's just not good enough because of the injuries and inefficiencies on offense that can be corrected in 2024 when you have your quarterback. Nick, we'll get to the rest of the injuries in a bit, but first, the season is over for Quentin Jefferson. But what a bargain. Six sacks this season, and he was paid such a little amount of money. I believe it was about $2 million. He gave them everything you could have asked for. I like Dal Woods. I was happy that they signed him, and I thought he played pretty well in the games that he was in. Unfortunately, Woods went on IR weeks and weeks ago. Now his old teammate from Seattle, Jefferson, joins him. But I thought he gave the Jets as much value as you ever could have expected, considering what they gave him. Yeah, look, uh, uh, this free agent class has not been very kind to Joe Douglas for a number of different reasons. Um, and I get it. The the Al Lazard contract looks very, very bad right now. Uh, but there have been some diamonds in the rough. And you mentioned the two of them right at the top. Quentin Jefferson, I think, is a candidate to return next year. They really need stability on the inside with Quinn and Williams there. And they, they just haven't had it. In the last um, in the last few years, I, I think it's I think it's safe to assume that he'll be back, um, and maybe even Al Woods as well. I think Woods is probably a more difficult player to predict, but I think Jefferson is certainly going to be returning uh, in 2024. Nick, let's talk the rest of the injuries. What's going on? What do we need to know? Yeah, it's really the concussion protocol with Zach Wilson right now. That's the big one. Um, the one thing that I think a lot of people need to remember is that concussions are not a two, three-day return window. Uh, I think there's a very real possibility, even with Robert Sala saying he expects Zach to be in contention to play, um, I think there's a very real possibility that he doesn't. And it's going to be the Trevor Simeon show on Christmas Day. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there uh, and how it's handled. Um, but but that's really the focus right now. Obviously, a lot of bangs and bruises. Um, and, and, of course, the Jefferson injury hurts a lot. Um, but ultimately, I think we're going to see some players start to get a little less time, a little less snaps um, as they move forward as a team that has been eliminated from playoff contention. Nick, last order of business, Bradley Chubb wins AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Of course, he did that by destroying the Jets' offensive line, predominantly Mekhi Becton. Seven pressures, three sacks, two forced fumbles, an absolute tour de force. And when you look at what the Jets' offensive line did, everybody will point to the fact that they had two guys in there that are replacement-level players at best. Of course, Billy Turner, everybody's old friend, and Hanson. Both of those guys surrendered seven pressures. Turner surrendered a sack as well. 
But the three guys that you'd be counting on to be a little closer to league average, at least, the guys that are the mainstays, Joe Tipman, Makai Becton, and Lakin Tomlinson all had very rough days as well. Makai Becton allowed eight pressures and three sacks. Almost all of that came at the hands of Bradley Chubb. Joe Tipman allowed seven pressures and a half sack. And Lakin Tomlinson, five pressures and a sack. So that offensive line just in shambles. And as we get ready for Sunday... I really would not want to be Trevor Simeon standing behind that line, but I'd want to be him even less a couple days later when the Jets go to Cleveland to take on Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns. Of course, we all remember what happened the last time Trevor Simeon was in a Jets uniform and went up against Miles Garrett. I'm sure Trevor Simeon remembers it too, and I'm sure he's not looking forward to it. Yeah, and listen, I and I'm going to give one person a pass for this entire thing, and that's Joe Tipman um, because he's a rookie. And to think that he's going to go out there and produce at a high level in every game his rookie year, as crazy as this rookie year has been, I think is unrealistic. I have really, really liked what I've seen on tape from the center. Um, and I think he's going to be a cornerstone player for this franchise after a little more seasoning, of course. But, you know, Nick Mangold had his bad days and he had his bad games very young in his career. To think um, that we should, you know, consider Tipman's performance equal to or just as bad as Tomlinson and Becton, I don't think that's very fair to say because, quite frankly, I do agree with you that Lakin and Becton should be playing a lot better than they have. Um, and it just was god-awful, <laughs> objectively god-awful uh, against the Dolphins. I mean, there are you can look at any particular tape over that entire game and there were instances where Becton wasn't sure what the protection was. It seemed like he he tried to do one particular kickback step, and then Bradley Chubb completely ate him alive. They couldn't handle any sort of basic stunt that was being thrown their way. It was a very discouraging game and very discouraging stretch for Mackay Becton in the last few games. I was under the impression, and I and I firmly believe it's God. I've I've been on this I've been on this show now for a while. And I've been on the table saying that I thought Mackay Becton would return to the Jets, a one-year prove-it deal in the offseason. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore because it has been just really, really bad in the last stretch of football. The tape has not improved. I think the tape has gotten even worse at times. Um, and, and Sunday was probably just rock bottom for the, for the left tackle. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, you know, if he walks and just wants a change of scenery. And the Jets allow that to happen because it's just it's very difficult to see the progress he made in throughout the early season. And he did look pretty solid for a good portion of that early, early start. Um, but it has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And it's very difficult for me to believe that it's going to get better next season if there's a brand new offensive line coach in tow. Nick Faria covering the Jets. Thanks so much for coming on and talking through the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. For everybody that wants to check you out on social media, how can they follow you? Yeah, as always on Twitter, Nick underscore Faria, F-A-R-I-A, 1720. Uh, we're doing a lot of different stuff, a lot of different avenues right now being opened up. So we're going we're gonna to have a lot of new content, a lot of fresh content coming up in the near future. Uh, excited to show everyone what we got. 
Make sure you follow Nick on Twitter. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.